Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. A little later in the show, we're going to talk about sports betting. Sports betting around the country is now going to be legal thanks to a decision by the U.S. Supreme Court earlier this week. We're going to talk about how soon Michigan legislators might act on that decision and legalize sports betting here. And, of course, we're going to want to hear from you. Are you somebody who's waiting for that to happen? Are you somebody who would love to be able to go bet on the Lions or the Tigers? And as foolish as that uh, bet might be, do you think you should uh, have the right to do it? And you're waiting for those booths to open up for you to do that. Uh, so that'll be a really great conversation. You're going to want to stay tuned to that. And it's going to get started at about half past the hour. But my first guest today is an old friend from college who has gone on to a career in journalism and book writing. It's serendipitous that he's here this week to talk about his new book because Charlie LaDuff's style echoes that of writers like author Tom Wolfe, who died this week. Wolfe, who was famous for works such as The Right Stuff and Bonfire of the Vanities, was notable for his position within a field that was labeled new journalism of the 1960s and 70s. It involved the concept of inserting oneself more into the narrative, or at least allowing oneself to be an active observer as a story unfolds. New journalism is practice pretty broadly in modern writing circles and has been popularized with a new class of writers, including Charlie LaDuff. Charlie, welcome to Detroit Today. Can you hear me? Am I on this I can hear you. I can my, hear you even man. though you're wearing shades. It's, it's Well, they're bifocals. <laughs> Aren't they? I, I yeah, it's, they're yeah. prescription. <laughs> well, no, they're the $5. You know, I'm, I'm unemployed right now, so uh, you know, they're the $5 deals from the CVS, but they're pretty cool. Yeah. They work yeah. for the motorcycle. You look, you look good in them. Um, Thank you, man. <laughs> so, uh, having said that, you know, on the gambling? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I, politically, I take no position, but my grandpa made the morning line at the DRC, yeah, and he yeah. had a great method. You know, the, the method is stay away from the track. These things are don't built, go. These things are built on <laughs> it's losers. Supposed to take your money. Right? Yeah, nobody, nobody in their lifetime is up. Is up, right? The you house know? always wins. The house does. The yeah. big is built in. Yeah, man. But, I, but you know, but a lot of people really enjoy, even if they lose. They enjoy the, the the sort of sport of it, right? The idea totally. of, I mean, it, it becomes an entirely different dimension of uh, sports enthusiasm, I think, for some people. I'm not one of those people, although I will say I, I've lived uh, in two Triple Crown cities. Uh, uh, Let me I, guess, him. don't tell me, Baltimore? Baltimore. And New York? No, okay. Louisville. Okay. Uh, well, I didn't live in Louisville, I lived in Lexington, but... Uh, we we would go to the track there all the time, and it's I, fun. The track is it fun, is a good man. time, and you know the betting is that's the thing. That's what you're supposed to do when you're there. You so. know, and I just loved like the punters. Like it'd be a couple of Jamaican guys, you know, at the stables as the horses are coming out, yeah. trying to augur what the horse is gonna do. And uh-huh. the horse takes a big dump, and one yeah, guy goes, right. "Oh man, he spent. It's over, <laughs> he's, man. He's but, gonna fly." And the other guy's like, "He's going to fly. He's light." And it's like this is funny. And you know, I, I kept track of that horse. It didn't even show. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Although I will say the best day I ever had at the track was in Lexington, and we were off track betting, which I think is one of the more pathetic aspects of it. So the horses weren't even running there. We were just watching. Uh, and on an $18 bet, we won $2,500. Yes. It was a pick three, uh, pick the winners of three races in a row. We yeah. just completely randomly did it. And we had a great time. Well, you right? know, I, I did off-track betting in Queens for the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> did an exacto box. Yeah, went with my priest, <laughs> oh, and yeah. I hit. <laughs> and you got three hundred bones. See, there baby. you go. There you go. Praise those, God. Yeah, one of those days makes up for a hundred days where you lose 
fifty to a hundred bucks. Yeah. So time, guess right? what? Yeah, you, you're like, uh, yeah, I'm up twenty five hundred bucks, <laughs> except, except for the thousands I lost previously. <laughs> That's right. It's like my mom coming back from the casino. Yeah. Right. Um, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about writing. Um, Tom Wolf. As I said in my intro, you know, it's it's uh, it's a good intro too. You wrote that, didn't you? I did write that. I wrote it. I wrote it last night. That's yeah. a good intro. <laughs> um, Tom Wolf died this week. Oh yeah, he's uh, the Titan man. And and you know. I, I am somebody just like you who who takes cues from all kinds of people who who do the same thing, who do the same work, and who have done the same work for a long time. I'm curious what uh, what you thought of of Wolf's work and his approach, and sort of talk a little about your approach to the writing, the craft. I well, one, I, he's he's brilliant. He's a brilliant. How do you say it? He's almost like a stonemason yeah, with words. Right, He's right. They're not stone. They're, they're, they're the craftsmen, right? My God. It's just beautiful words. Um, he sort of understood the zeitgeist, what was going on at the time. You know, the uh, first thing that made him famous was doing the car shows in L.A. in the early 60s. And, mm-hmm. and um, it was just sort of staccato writing. And, you know, he, he goes on to... Follow Ken Kesey and the Merry Pranksters and the Grateful Dead and the uh, explosion of LSD. He uh, goes to fiction. He does Bonfire of the Vanities, which is reported fiction. Yeah, that's right. And uh, if you want to be a writer, uh, if you want to be a painter, if you want to be a um, chiseler, right? <laughs> if you if you if you want to make statues out of stone, you study the masters. And if if you haven't read them, I suggest you do because. That, that's what writing is. What the new journalism to me was, it's a couple things. Uh, I studied under Clay Felker, which was this guy's uh, yeah. editor at the yeah. New York Magazine. Yeah. To me, what it was, they, it's really simple. It's you go, you do the reporting, you, you, you watch, you write quotations. But they would write in scenes. Right. Instead of the who, what, where, when, why sort of block article. They put you there. They were writing stories. Yeah. So then people would take that to the next level, which is you're using sort of... The, the laws of fiction, like uh, what the person was thinking at the time. So because you reported, you talked to the person, what were you thinking at the time? Right, right. Instead of writing, he was thinking at the time, you recreate <laughs> the scene as he and she and they, they told you, like Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. That's a yeah. classic case. That was actually a, an art, uh, a story. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so if they're... The, the greatest of that generation were like Hunter Thompson, sure. uh, Tom Wolfe, Joan Didion, you know, people like that. So yeah. it, it was a brilliant time in, in American letters. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, some of that even harkens back to Capote, right? Uh, mm-hmm. With uh, In Cold Blood, uh, same kind of uh, approach to the work. Uh, I, I've always thought of him as, as sort of the godfather of that that generation. Uh, That's true. Of, of new gener- of, of new In cold blood. Check yeah. that one. And so what yeah. he, Capote sort of recreated some awful murders in Kansas. Right. right. And he writes it like it's happening. Like it's happening. But right. the, the reporting is so intense and so deep that he's able to do that. Now he's later accused of like, this isn't exactly yeah. what <laughs> Okay, fine. It's in the canon. You know what I mean? But. <laughs> right. but before him in the 30s was was James Agee, Let Us Now Praise Famous Men, where they go down to chronicle the lives of sharecroppers. Right, right. And, and so it's nothing, uh, Jacob Reese in the turn of the century, it's nothing new. And 
I'm afraid increasingly, you know, with with the internet and the short attention spans and that it's kind of lost. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think people still really relate to that. I, I'm I, hoping so. I got a book yeah, out. Right, you're trying to sell it right now. But but I think, you know, the, the problem is actually not in consumer habits. It's in the money to pay for the production of the work, right? True. So, I mean, I, I feel like people want more than they've ever wanted uh, in terms of uh, insightful uh, uh, sharp writing and 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 things like that. It's that you know the the, the business model for the publishing industry is collapsed uh, yeah. almost the same way that that the newspaper business model has. And so and then the, they, it stinks. Yeah, well, right. The newspapers stink. It, there, it's, Guess there's what? nothing in that. Oh my God, what, whatever happened to like just a good story of the lady in the neighborhood, or just mm-hmm. you know even. I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to get myself in trouble or well, like. Well, you, you know. were. I mean, I'm not. I don't know if you were still here in the '90s when uh, when Roddy Ray at the Free Press wrote uh, "Real Life." It was a column that appeared. I think it was three times a week, and they were just they were just ordinary stories about people in Metro Detroit. And the cool thing about them was uh, they all had a little twist at the end, right? So that was what you were waiting for. You right. were looking for. Where is this not going to be what I expect it to be, right? I'm not going to see what's coming at the end. And, you know, the newsroom today can't sustain that kind of investment in that kind of resource. Well, you can go look for this. Numbers don't. Uh, Yeah, I mean, groom people to do it. Of course it can do it, right? Because whatever's left of them, what are you doing? We're waiting for. Like still let's say, chasing fire engines and stuff, man. right? I mean, still well, get on the fire stuff. engine. See that <laughs> would be ride it. Who's right? the guy driving it? Right. <laughs> That's right. But you, if you if you look at let's just look at the national landscape now. There's the big three: the New York Times, sure. the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, who are having uh, a, a very different kind of uh, rebirth right now. I think yeah. because of the the political climate. I mean, Trump subscriptions are up, and Trump, and yeah, they're, but they're making they're, money. They're still slashing, yeah, right? Yeah. But they get the stuff. They'll get the news, you know, whatever, you know, um, Mueller's doing or whatever, Comey's book. Yeah. And then if you if you go online like we all do on our toilet in the morning. Yeah. Uh, Including the president. There's 18, <laughs> 20, 50 different news organizations, you know, going by on that 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 Google yeah. feed. And it's the same story. Yeah. No, and I is. don't need that. That's really true. I mean, uh, you, you see the same thing over and over, and it's just a different person writing it. Or, or a different perspective. Yeah. I love Trump. I hate it. But it's the right. same thing. Yeah. And what we were promised by the media during the run-up here was that the media acknowledged that it misunderstood the country. Now, let's yeah. not get political. Let's let's talk as people, you and I, and yeah. everybody listening. The, the depths of the discontent and, and the difficulties of American life. Right. Because it's not a... This isn't a, uh, a circular moment in time. It's an epic. It's a, sure. it's a complete ship, yeah. you know, AI and, right. and globalization. Yeah. Like, this is the new normal. This is going to be a really different world. It uh, is. It already kids, is. For yes, instance, for right? us, right? Yeah. But we're yeah. afraid for our kids. Right. Haven't said it. Um, the media realized they didn't know us, and they said they were going to... To try to get to know us. Yeah, like, let's get back to the basics. And instead of doing that, you notice on TV, the split screen with the guest has become an octagon of makeup (laughs) wearing people that still don't appeal to me or know me. And the thing that bothers me about it is you don't know who those people are often enough. I feel like, like, uh, and often they're mixing in 
people who are special interests, and there's nothing wrong with special interests. That's part of, I mean, that's been part of America for, since the beginning. Uh, but they're mixing them in with people who are are journalists, who are not special interests. And there's no demarcation, right? There's no effort to say, well, this person is representing this interest or this point of view, and this other person is not. It's just everybody's out there saying whatever, and you're supposed to, to I guess, discern for yourself right, what, what right. everyone's motive is. I, and I'm not sure when they started doing that. And uh, I don't even know what a journalist is anymore because, like, when it's in my book, you know, like the book is sort of about just a mad romp through America yeah. um, from the streets and not the TV studio, but also as a media member looking at myself and looking at them. Because I'm there at these right. confabulations of Ferguson <laughs> and, the, you know, just how the sausage is made. And um, I don't know if journalists even care that they're sharing the stage with a, a, a former um, member of the White House who's right. turned independent analyst. Right. And, and you got the White House Correspondents Dinner where, where they're going to party with them. It's become you're having dinner with Hillary's surrogates and you don't tell the public what you learn. Right. You're sending talking points and giving <laughs> questions before the debate. Yeah, right. Or, or, you know, you're the White House's mouth and then you, like Hannity, you say, uh, well, I'm not a journalist, I'm a talk show host. And it's like, you'll forgive us our confusion if we don't know what everybody's up to. Because right? a cockroach, at least, knows it's always a cockroach. <laughs> you can it see ain't it. playing anything but a cockroach. <laughs> it's in a, a fictitious movie. It's playing a cockroach. Right, right. Um, uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Charlie LaDuff. This Detroit is great. Journalist it's, and author. This is what I do in my, in my kitchen in the morning. I listen to you, dude, and I'm looking at you. Uh, and now awesome. you're seeing it live. Look at you. You look good. You've lost some weight. Shave. Full of weight. Yeah, that's right. Because the beard was beer. getting a little crispy there for a while. Ah, no. Oh, I loved the beard. You know, I Dude, thought you look like Cornell West. Oh, what I, was that? I don't think it's a bad thing to look just a little crazy, right? Just a little crazy, not super crazy, right, but just right. a little with Good the beard, right? Yeah. And my hair, I'm growing my hair out now. Let's see it. Makes it. Let's me see look it a little. Up. Makes me look a little. But take your hat off, man. That's some pride. No, I, I wear the hat. I got to wear the hat all the time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about Charlie's new book, S Show. I can't even say the name of the book. On shh, show. The air. Oh, a shh show. That's good. Senator uh, like Graham that. said that at maps after Trump called, you know, some countries a S hole. <laughs> he goes, this whole thing turned into a S show, to which mm. I attempted to get a hold of the senator to say that's copyrighted, sir, cease and desist. <laughs> that's right. It's two, your two word now, right? It's my word. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, let's go to Ed in Detroit. Ed, welcome to Detroit Today. Great conversation, particularly the beginning uh, uh, discourse on on writing. Thanks. Um, one of my uh, pet peeves is that, at least in the world of cable television, the traditional firewall between uh, opinion and reportage, in my view, has has, has collapsed. Uh, and my fear is that it's starting to infect uh, the newspapers, and you know, I I learned to read because of the, the newspapers. Uh, it, it of course wasn't the news; it was the comic section. But, you know, <laughs> right? When you're three years old, you do what you have to do. Right. <laughs> but, um, and you know, and when I was a kid, this town had three daily papers, and they used to go at each other, hammer and tong. Yeah. 
God, I missed also, that. Also, Charlie. Yes, sir. I have a friend out in Washington who. who Washington took State your or Washington, D.C.? Washington State. Okay, cool. Uh, uh, Bob Middendorf, he's a reporter with the Bellingham Herald. I actually. And he's that. also a volunteer firefighter. So he. He took Charlie LaDuff's advice to get on the fire engine. He did it before Charlie even said do it. Yeah, that's cool. Ed, thanks very Great much program. for the call and the and the comments. That 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 question about the lines, right, yeah. uh, that we're supposed to have. I mean, I, I will say I'm somebody who's always tried to color outside the lines and right. try to say, well, you know, this is the rule, right? But why why do I let somebody else tell me right how I should do things, right? Uh, right? Why do I let somebody else tell me what the rules look like? And then sometimes you get in trouble for that, but not often. And, and I You're think, supposed to. It's I think like readers appreciate that, right? Yeah, um, well, look, here's the thing I think. Uh, as long as you're leveling with the audience of who you are, where you're coming from, right? They'll factor that in, right? And over time, they'll know if your facts, that what's actually in it, right. line up. Right. So to me, I hope they will. Right. Well, you you know they will because you work really hard. So here's the rules: get it right, right? And you don't always get it right because you're a human being, but you endeavor to get it right. The second thing is, and it's always been this way: don't be boring. Right. That's well, it. That's the thing, right? Uh, you gotta, you gotta try to tell a great story, no matter what it is you're doing. And I got um, one more metaphor. You know, they say think outside the box. I yeah. go, no, 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 in the box. You be in the box. Think within the box. The box has six sides, right? <laughs> it's it's the the foil and the ribbon that you put on the yeah, box. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what matters. Because the boxes like get that. it right. Yeah, no, I like that. That's good. Um, uh, speaking that. of reporting, uh, you have a piece this morning in Deadline Detroit, I believe, mm -hmm. uh, where you You're going to come little... over and write a little bit for that? I might. Come uh, on, brother. We're going to start something new. So you know what? This is the first time in my adult life that I do not have a writing deadline. And it, it actually feels pretty good. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying that. Maybe more than I should. Good, because you must have been uh, exhausted. You, you I'm know, tired. It's yeah. hard to think. <laughs> it is. It's hard to think. But I'm it's sorry to super hard to. It's super hard to think all the time, right? Right. Um, but uh, this piece that you wrote today about, uh, about Brooks Patterson... Had a little chat with him. Um, he's he's getting ornery and old and crusty. He's he's at I, it. I see. That's cool. Let's let's. I, I think he's clear <laughs> and sharp-eyed because I, I'm looking at him. Yeah. He's, his his mental capacity. He's all there. Yeah. But he's yeah. not. Here's the news. He's not running for re-election. Right. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to play nice. So anymore. he goes. Let me drop the gloves. You want? You know. The, it, it, from his point of view. This is BS. There's a lot of BS going on. And he's with, talking about transit. He, well, not just transit, yeah. but but the jail deal downtown. They even mismeasured mis the footprint of the criminal justice facility, but nobody cares. Yeah. So it's what he's saying is, look, don't come to Oakland County to fund your dreams, Detroit. If you want to train to Ann Arbor, Wayne and Washtenaw, you put it in. Why, why would we pay for that? Yeah, right. Yeah, you know the the problem is, but he my, does not like Mike Duggan. That's no. that's the news. Well, this thing. They never, they've never really gotten along, have they? I but, know, but they've always. You, come on, you've hosted those things. And they'll <laughs> smile and crack a joke. Oh, yeah, no, they, right when they have to. They hate each other. Right. Let's just but say it. Now they don't. Now I guess Brooks feels like he doesn't have to. But you know, I I do think that that Brooks is wrong about the approach to transit, and he's driven 
he's driven this uh, this sort of selfish approach to it that I think is killing us uh, as a region. This idea that everybody ought to look at transit as what am I getting out of it for me? What's gonna what's what's gonna be better for me if I vote for? Uh, the RTA, or if I vote for SMART. And it's not that kind of issue. It's the kind of issue where you have to sit and think, this is a region that has to work, not just for me, but for everybody, and especially for people who don't have all the things that uh, that I might have. Fair and enough. so if you are living in, De- in Detroit, especially, and don't have uh, a car, it's really hard to get to work. Well, it's uh, impossible. To it's to impossible. Work. So, w- it, it, someone who lives in Oakland County has as much interest in making sure that changes as the person in Detroit. Fair enough. So, but let's start this off. I'm not the press man for Brooks Patterson. <laughs> right. right. No. So no. <laughs> I will tell you what he told me, and then kind of what I feel, and I feel as you do in this way, which is why why I voted to. Tax my home, right? <laughs> so smart can continue to float, right? Rap area, right. you know, buses. But Detroit, under Mike Duggan, when he was at the county, opted out. Smart services Detroit, but Detroit doesn't pay for it. So when you've got Warren Evans at the county coming back to me for my house, you don't even have Lavonia tax me in. again, right? You don't have Gross Point in every. Municipality in Macomb County has opted in. In they have no. So wait a minute, wait a minute. Be a leader, and and come back in two years. We also know, it, all these the queue line is is I'm gonna say it's a failure. They they over promised what the ridership was gonna be. They don't have an operating. See, I think budget. that's an early judgment. I think no, it is. It no, is but failing. They don't but have. Say failure they, means they promised uh, us ten years of an operating budget. Yeah. They don't have four years in the bank, dude. No. So the Trojan horse in this deal is okay. Let's do it. What it is? The white man's people mover is the Q line. So <laughs> for years, Coleman Young always got criticized for the people mover. What is this one? And I'm gonna pay for it. I tell you what I want. I want one regional transportation system. Yeah, that's the thing that that we need, right? We do need some, to be able get, to do it all under one authority, one taxing one authority. One bureaucracy, right? right? One right. set of contracts. But the problem with that is that the, the, the problem with getting to that is the animosity that exists between Wayne and Oakland, Wayne and Macomb. And Brooks has been a driver of okay. that. True, and, and true, true, like true. Like you keep saying. But here's what we got. Look at the new water, the Great Lakes Water Authority, sure, right? sure. So Detroit has the water and sewerage department still. That's sort of the, you know, the Great Lakes Water Authority well, that's sells its services. Right. All of the, the there was the a pipes law, and stuff. there was a lawsuit about thirty million dollars put two of them together. Right, that DWSD was on the hook for. Right, the administration of Gliwa and DWSD decided they're going to pay it, but they never went to the board, which includes Macomb, Oakland, right, Wayne. Yeah. They never went to the board. So what the hell is this? Wait a minute. Yeah. We vote yeah. on this. We so this tends to it's there is a balance of power. Yeah. Getting back to the regional transportation. Yeah, man. We got to move people around and get to the jobs because it's a sprawl. Right. But Amazon, I tried to get a hold of them numerous times. Show me the piece of paper where they said we're not coming because you don't have a choo-choo. I don't see the paper. Well, right. So I I'm mean, not doing public policy because a couple of billionaires told me that's what they said. Well, I mean, I think uh, it, it certainly was one of the reasons. I mean, no question that that uh, well, it had to be one. Of, it's one of the things that we didn't have, and there was. You hear what you said? No, it had to be one. Well, it had to be one of the reasons. Well, I mean, show me. Yeah, because because Miami doesn't have it. 
They're a finalist. Columbus doesn't have it. They're a finalist. Indianapolis doesn't have it. Those are places that, are, that you can get around and you can get people from home to work uh, in a really efficient and in easy, those places? easy manner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, in Indi- Indianapolis and Columbus, Miami might be a little bit of an exception. But they're finalists. It's a small footprint, right? So wait a minute, but they're finalists. You know what they have that we don't? Good roads. They have good roads. You they know what have they have? Schools that function. People, young God, people like who are Hackle. educated. Oh, my God. Mark. <laughs> Mark met the Tsar of Trump right. land up there. What's up, baby? But, right. yeah. yeah, I don't know, Stephen, but you're right. I respect the people. Of, I got to respect everybody. And I guess what I'm asking is a citizen yeah. who floats a lot of the money. Don't forget DIA, the zoo. I live in Oakland County. Yeah. The zoo. Yeah. Uh, the DPS bailout. Um, Kobo. You're saying you feel you feel overtaxed, Charlie? Uh, I actually kind of do, but I'm not a, I'm not a tax revoltist. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? In fact, I sent my kid to, to Catholic school because, you know, it just wasn't where it was at in public school. I'm an all-time public school guy. Yeah. But now with, with the changing curriculums, like they're, they're, yeah. it's a mess here yeah. that the, the, the kid with the least skills gets the concentration in the school and the, the more advanced kids are sort of on their own. And it's like... That's my only investment. Right. So I'm going to go dragging my feet to the Catholic school. But now the no, money that I Catholic pay. School. Not only did I go to Catholic school, but so did your wife. So yeah, stop yeah. making that, fun of it. No, I'm not making fun of it. It's a beautiful thing. That's right. But, you know, I, I can't take that money with me. Yeah. So I'm no, actually putting two kids through school. Right. Well, and I'm right. not a revolt. People feel like that. People but that's like the that. what should happen, I think, yeah. as a citizen, not as a reporter. All right, Charlie Ladoff. It is always great. S show. We have you. We gotta have you back uh, sooner. Okay. Uh, next time. May, S show. May thirtieth. Yes. May thirtieth. May thirtieth at the Detroit, Detroit Public, Public Library. Library. Yeah. Cocktails, food. C-SPAN will be there. I'll do a reading. Sign some books. Sell some books. Downtown Coney Island afterwards, post party. Oh, Whole public's cool. invited, even if you don't want to come buy a book. <laughs> yeah, the book I love is you, Detroit. S show. The country's collapsing, and the ratings are great. They by are. Charlie Ladoff. As always, great to hear from you. We will see you soon. Okay. Up next, after this week's Supreme Court decision, sports gambling may be coming to Michigan quickly. We'll talk about it next. And don't forget, if you have to miss out on any of today's show, you don't have to miss out altogether. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts, download and subscribe to Detroit Today. Listen when you're ready. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today.